Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Gabby. And I'm Emma, and we're both card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. Hello. Hello. Good tidings to you all. And, and very good tidings to you. How are you, friend? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You're um, better better oh dear had a interesting week um basically my mum came to visit and um which is lovely obviously Mm -hmm. she came she arrived on the monday yay amazing tuesday she was struck down with a tummy bug (sighs) then wednesday we were all fine again yay thursday i was struck down with a tummy bug (laughs) Um, so now we're just waiting to see if anyone else in the household is going to get it. Yeah. Um, cause I'm fine again today. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fucking rubbish, isn't it? That is the thing about tummy bugs is off. like usually, unless it's quite serious, they're quite short lived. Yeah, it was very short lived. Um, I still don't feel a hundred percent today. No. I would describe myself as feeling a bit sensitive today, Oh yeah. but, um, but yeah, I'm mostly fine, but I'm just, yeah, yeah. we're just, we just went to the supermarket because we're going camping tomorrow. Oh my God, you're absolutely mental. I know. Have you seen um, the weather forecast? Uh, yes, thank you. Where are you going? Dorset. Right. Yeah, I've seen the Daily Mail article. Don't go camping. <laughs> Why? Why is it saying that? Because I think because of the winds and the flood risks. Right. And the cool, driving. Cool. They're driving to somewhere. Oh, so, yeah, it doesn't look great. But then, when you look at the, when you dig a bit deeper, it doesn't look that bad. So we're just going to see what it's like tomorrow, and then yeah, you can always turn around. Yeah. Oh God, why? You know, it's your only holiday yeah. of the entire year slash, in fact, eighteen months. Yeah. And um, yeah. Sorry, pal. It's okay. Miles five. How are you? I'm fine. Um, I had a week. It happened. Uh, nothing especially exciting to report i had a week <laughs> yeah went to the beach today that was nice yeah that looked nice yeah um mm-hmm. that's kind of it was it was fairly uneventful to be honest it was pretty hot wasn't it it was pretty hot roasty yeah. toasty yeah. yeah developed it's funny how like in extreme weather situations and i count this week as fairly extreme yeah, you develop strong. like new habits yeah so like my habit was like make sure certain windows are open at certain times and like like quite a complicated shutter strategy wow yeah shutter slash blind strategy wow you worked out yeah it was I mean I feel by the end I mean we've cooled down now but by the end I feel like I was quite an expert I'm impressed and like all the conversation on all my whatsapp groups was about like aircon and heat pumps wow Mm, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was all a bit much. Every time I tried to, because I, I, I had visitors mm. the whole time. I had visitors last Saturday. I had a different set of visitors on the Sunday. And yeah. then I had my mum on the month. So I had like visitors, 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 pow, pow, pow. 
got to do something, got to do something. And, you know, when everyone comes to visit, they want to go to the beach, don't they? Yeah. Which is fair enough. I live mm. very close to a beach. Of course, people want to go to the beach when they come to visit. But when it's like really fucking hot and you're like, yeah. there's no shade on the beach. This is this is just actually, I start to lose my mind a bit. Yeah. I mean, a bit heat crazy. Yeah, I feel like beach... We went we went to the beach today. I mean, this is boring conversation for anybody who doesn't live near a beach. But um, it was perfect beach weather because it was like slightly overcast. Mm. And it so it wasn't too hot. Like it was a little bit windy, maybe a little bit too windy for my liking. But mm. it was just like I wasn't concerned at any point that I was going to pass out. Yeah, this is it. We're, I mean, we like to moan about the bad weather in England, but we are very fragile (laughs) if you turn the heat on we're like oh god i'm going to die (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah um should we talk about this episode before somebody everybody switches off because they're so bored of us god's sake yeah the bitches shut up yeah um so we've got sophie obviously yes um just me with sophie this time yeah i don't know gabs no i was i was hanging out with my mum. yeah so i missed it okay it's important. Yeah. Um, I would like to point out that my neighbour has acquired a dog, oh. and a aforementioned dog does not stop barking, oh. as you can hear during that recording. Oh God! I... What kind of dog is it, though? It is a dog that looks exactly like Scooby Doo. <laughs> Amazing! Yeah. It's God, massive. what kind of dog is that? Like a Doberman? And I... It looks like it could be a Great Dane Doberman cross. Hmm. Um, wow, you haven't actually inquired. No, because me and my neighbour are not on the best terms. Oh, we're music. not best friends because before he got the dog, he loved to play really loud tunes all the time. And do you think he got the dog to piss you off? I don't know. Well, if he got that, he basically has like, apart from for like an hour and a half today, has like stopped playing the tunes. Mm. I mean, touch wood, like massively touch wood. Mm. But, um, so I think maybe he got the dog and then didn't want to upset the dog, which is quite sweet, really. And I'd rather the dog barking than the really loud tunes rattling my windows. Mm, okay. Yeah. So yeah. I've just chosen to not say anything. And you get to look at a you know, cool dog sometimes. Yeah, I wouldn't say cute. Cool is it cute? I wouldn't, I wouldn't call something that big cute. <laughs> I call it massive. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. But, yeah, I mean, it's like I don't mind. I'm not like... We don't hate it except when I'm trying to record a podcast. So it's so it's you and Sophie and Scooby Doo. Yeah. And no me. Yeah, and um no you, but also there's like a five minute period where Sophie and I are just talking about the television show Grand Designs, which is um a British TV show in which um usually couples um show basically like build new houses that are really fancy. Yeah. Or like renovate houses. You should write the marketing lines for California. <laughs> really fancy houses. Um, and it's run, hosted by a guy called Kevin McLeod. And he's um, he is really funny. Dreamy, Kevin he's, McLeod. He basically just like walks around these sites, like pissing on people's dreams. Yeah, he's great. Um, so yeah, there's quite a lot of Grand Designs bands on that. Sorry if you're not a Grand Designs watcher, but maybe you should be because it is really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I want to serve him a coffee. Did you? Yeah, just a fun fact. Great. Uh, yeah. Right. I can go through the list of all the people I've served coffee to over the years, but I won't bother. Okay. Well, cause... maybe you could just do one person every week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a, become a new sure. feature. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, These hospo years, the celebrity issue. <laughs> it'll be like um, Adam Buxton and Joe Cornish's Tom Cruise story. Yes. Little story. Yeah. We're just and like just just as disappointing. More. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway what did you and Sophie right. talk about apart from Grand Designs um, we just talked about her she's now or when we spoke she was nine days into her jabs holy shit balls holy shit balls so just how she's feeling like what's going on Um, yeah obviously awesome. classic Sophie just like being really zen about it mm, and self depreciating yeah Um. so yeah there's that well I can't and wait to listen because obviously I haven't because I wasn't there <laughs> So yeah, yeah. you got to catch up, pal. <laughs> um, and we're also speaking to Sophie Martin, aka the infertile midwife. Yes, we are. Um, yeah, we we basically we had quite a few people write in talking about the their 
the fact that they work in professions where they have to um, work with children or women but they're pregnant and blah 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 yeah. and how fucking difficult it is and could we kind of talk about it so we thought who better to go to in the first instance than Sophie who is of course a midwife yeah and who um lost her well she struggled to conceive in the first place I mean she'll talk about it she struggled to conceive in the first place and then when she did get pregnant she lost her twin boys Cecil and Wilfred at 21 weeks yeah um which is incredible like really hard really difficult yeah <laughs> love me just saying it. it's really hard yeah like it's hard. completely does not articulate quite um yeah so she has a lot of experience in i guess you know having to go to work and, and face something that must be incredibly triggering mm-hmm. um so yeah we had a great chat with her yeah and that's the show basically for that's this week show, yeah. yeah um in- but if you want to, well, first of all, we would love it if you were to rate and review the podcast. Yeah, just do it, guys. Um, because that helps other people to find it. It does. And we would also love it if you sent us a little message just to say hey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can find us on Instagram. At Big Fat Negative. Or Twitter. At Big Fat Negative. Or you can email us. Big fat negative podcast at gmail.com. And as we will soon, in a few weeks, we're going to be wrapping this series up. Um, you should sign up to our newsletter, which will we'll yep. get going again after we finish yes. this series. It, it is a weekly newsletter when we are not doing a podcast every week. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. I mean, I'm very biased, but no, also, I'd say it's, it's really great. I would say it's really good. It's like brilliant. I think it's one of the best newsletters in the world. Yeah, so do I. Um, and you can sign up to that if you go to our website. It's bigfatnegative.com. And then top right, there's a little thing, yeah, little button that says newsletter. Um, and also on that website, you can get yourself some BFM merch. Yep, you can get a t-shirt that says, just relax. <laughs> um, yep, or you can, of course, pre-order a book. Oh yeah, Which, about um, that little nugget. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, we we uh, we're just going to keep mentioning it. Obviously, I think it's um it's good for us to keep mentioning it. Yeah, if only for ourselves. Yeah, um, we spent a lot of time on it. Yeah, we're very proud of it. It is, we are. Uh, it is informative and it is funny. Yeah, um, and it's out in January. It is indeed in the UK. Indeed, mm-hmm. I think right. that's it. Right, we should chat yeah. now. Yeah, I think that's all the like requests. <laughs> God, people turn on this on this podcast like ready to listen to some people like having a nice time, and then they're just like fucking hell. Hey. These tasks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, these you requests. Know. Top bands as well, though, mate. Yeah, there's quite a lot of bands. Weather, weather, weather. I wonder bands. if anybody uses the word bands anymore. Possibly not. Maybe time to retire it. Maybe, Well, maybe it just it just describes our oeuvre let's all ponder that for the next week if anyone's got any ideas what we should call our bants instead of bants please also email us bigfatnegativepodcast at gmail.com in the meantime please enjoy the show <laughs> so mate hello hello just you and me today i know we miss you gabs we miss gabs but we'll press on we'll, we'll press try. on we'll yeah soldier through so mate you've uh, you've been shooting up recently I have, yeah. I mean, about 20 minutes ago. Oh, mate. Yeah, fresh. are you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm a, I'm a smorgasbord of emotions. Really? <laughs> yeah, but it's not dire. It's not dire. So I'm in week two of right. STEMS, as I right. learned the, uh, you know, trendy shorthand for them is yeah using the lingo using the lingo using the lingo using Mm -hmm. the lingo um so i am on day nine of injections today so week one was well the first four days were just gonal f right and then started uh i never know how to pronounce it firmadil firmadil yeah let's let's say it's that yeah 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 fire madel fire madel that's how is how it's spelled Firemadel? Um, I think it's Firemadel. Firemadel, yeah, 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 that sounds good. That sounds good. Anyway, that one started yeah. that on, um, yeah, five days ago. 
And um, week one, I was like, oh, this is pretty chill. I just feel, Mm. to be honest, I just felt like I was lightly stoned for a couple of days. (laughs) And that's probably just like the, the, like the, um, all the emotions surrounding what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, just being more mindful of, you know, feeling tired. Yeah. I was kind of drifting around, walking the dog, like, oh, the park is so beautiful. Yeah. Oh, this is quite nice. It's a big process. Um, and then I think since Friday, I don't know if it's the psychosomatic thing of having two different drugs knocking about yeah. or just, you know, God on earth catching up, whatever. I'm just you know now really feeling I went um on Saturday we met up with some friends and you know just walked walked around a park for two hours and then um we'd driven there as soon as I got back in the car I was like whoa okay I'm absolutely (laughs) exhausted now (laughs) and since then I've been on a diet of naps uh chilling out more naps doing things in short bursts and um but today, I would say, is my peak emotion day. Today, okay. I am. Um, I'm very, very lucky in that I'm just walking distance from my fertility center. Uh-huh. Um, it's about twenty five minute walk. So I was walking back, <laughs> listening to this poetry podcast, and there was this lovely poem about someone eating a peach, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm, I think I'm going to cry." <laughs> this is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I had to put my sunglasses on because I was just like, I've got tears in my eyes. <laughs> I just kept listening to it, being like, "Peaches are so nice." <laughs> Obviously, it had layers of other meaning, but you know. <laughs> Do you know what? I think when I was doing my stims, I actually wrote some poetry. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice. Maybe we should have a kind of, um, yeah. A little a reading. A poetry reading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... It is good to release, I think, release emotion. Yeah. I was just I think I was like, I want to write something, but um I don't have the energy to like go long form right now. Yeah. So I'm just yeah, gonna yeah. write like what I can. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I'm finding writing really useful. Sometimes it's formed stuff, but sometimes it's just a complete splurge. Um, which I think is good. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and that's fine. And then, you know, the injections themselves, it, it is, gonna say, yeah, it is, yeah, it's, um, it's, I think because it's real now, because mm-hmm. I'm, because we're physically doing it and I'm in it, it's yeah. less intense than I had anticipated. Yeah. Um, are you def- are you being quite like you've got your set routine like you're not leaving the house really during the times that you're supposed to be injecting and stuff? Oh yeah, I mean we're not really leaving the house unless we have to anyway because mm. you know COVID infection rates are so high it's at the minute everywhere. Yeah, so mm. Mr. Sophie is going into the office, but he's only there with one other person, um, right? And that's just for a few days this week because he because he has to be. Yeah, but yeah. Other than that, we're we're staying in. You know, like seeing seeing a couple of friends outdoors, but literally, you know, in parks. Um, so mm-hmm. that makes the routine a lot easier to stick to. I've got alarms; they <laughs> go off at everything. <laughs> like six p.m. is my alarm called dinner, which is a reminder <laughs> to make dinner. So that when I hit my six thirty alarm, that reminds me to eat dinner. I've got something to eat. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I'm just micromanaging your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Um, got my alarm then to take my supplements. Obviously, I don't, you know, it's ridiculous to set an alarm to do my injections because there's no way in hell I'm going to forget. But I've set an alarm just in case. Yeah. Um, Mate. Yeah. And everything is is super scheduled. I've um, <laughs> got a checklist everything on the fridge which I check off every day like I did that I did exactly that yeah (laughs) yeah I like printed out a spreadsheet basically yes yeah I've drawn myself a spreadsheet yeah lovely I'm so proud I'm so proud that you're you're the me school of injections rather than the Gabby like chilled out (laughs) school of injections (laughs) but I think for me um ticking things off I mean first of all it appeals to me because I'm quite a kind of um you know gold star chart 
person mm-hmm. um, yes. <laughs> and I like that too about you it's a quality yeah. I admire <laughs> uh, so it appeals to me on that level but also I think if I was trying to remember it all in my head yeah I that would stress me out because I'd get halfway through the day and be like oh shit I've forgotten this yeah. so because I'm at home basically the whole time it just means that I know that I've done the stuff I meant to do yeah yeah I just I think it settles the mind yeah yeah, yeah. it like does if, it does for me yeah yeah I feel like if Gabby was here she'd be like guys you need to chill out yeah but I for me I would like I really liked that I had like my set routine like I even had all like all my stuff laid out on the kitchen table yeah ready for ready to go yeah, um nice. have you got like have you got come across any little like tips any any things that kind of surprised you or that you like uh, um, I don't know actually I think just like as much rest as possible yeah because you know like you were saying it is a physical thing but it's also an emotional thing because yeah. it's so weighted yeah and I think I'm just trying to let that come you know like my most of my past life has been um I don't know, I'm not very good at expressing negative emotions and letting them come. I'm like, no, everything's fine. I've got nothing to complain about. I'm perfectly happy and lucky. Um, And actually I'm realizing with this, you know, it's fine. You just got to let it out because it's it's not a good time to be trying to squash stuff down. Um, Last week I was feeling like, God, I am really lucky on loads of fronts. You know, this is so far quite uncomplicated and, you know, like, I don't know, lo- lots of different things make me feel lucky. This this week I've been a bit more like, it is a bit unfair. Um, and then being like, oh, no, you're, you're still a lucky one. And then thinking, actually, no, it's all right to feel a bit hard done by. You know, yeah. I'm meant to be going, uh, you know, I'd um, in January booked a long weekend with all my mates this weekend that I had, like, literally booked the Airbnb for and I can't go on oh. it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. and I'm like, it is all right to feel a bit, put out by that do you know what I mean I don't have to be chill about everything I think that's absolutely fine it's funny because I actually I went for lunch with some people last weekend who were like they're probably about two weeks behind you so they're going to start stims like in well now in a week's time and at the end um the lady said what how do you stay positive through this and I was like I don't think you have to stay positive yeah I don't yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I think what you need to know is that however whatever your emotional situation it doesn't affect what's happening in your body mm, yeah just let it flow yeah just let yeah. it all flow again I, I think writing stuff to yourself is quite useful for that because you know you don't necessarily want to pour it all out to everyone else yeah. But it's fine too as well. You know, it's mm-hmm. totally fine. I've got lots of people checking in, which is really nice and lots of people being really supportive. Um, but it's fine just to write stuff to yourself as well. Yeah, and also it helps you like untangle everything. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. Um, and I also keep singing <laughs> Que Sera, Sera to myself. <laughs> <laughs> is that your mantra? <laughs> Yeah. And then actually at the beginning of it, when I was in my couple of first couple of days, gone and left, slightly stoned phase, um, I was like, oh, do you know what this is? This is my mantra. This is so good. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get a piece of art. I'm going to make a piece of art that says Case Ross Right. And I was like, no, no, I'm going to commission someone. And I got yeah. in touch with this um, artist who I really love who does these amazing, she kind of paints on glass and does these amazing like gold uh, gold embossed lettering things and I was like yeah I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it and th- this is gonna be my uh, for the rest of my life whatever happens case hurrah hurrah what will be will be um but <laughs> she hasn't actually replied to me so <laughs> probably just as well I can't I mean she's very popular so I don't think it would be cheap um <laughs> that's great and then I looked on Instagram I was like maybe I could just get a print of this and there's loads obviously oh. but, but none of the most of them don't have the accent over the A for Sarah which oh, is someone who God. you know did learn um how to how to write and speak Spanish at quite a basic level I was like oh I I feel like I'm letting 
the entire Spanish-speaking community of the world down if I <laughs> if I go for the, the font I like, but without the correctly accented subject. So these are the little debates I've been having in my head. Yeah, you, well, you can't. <laughs> Along with, what's the future of my life going to be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would annoy me if I had a print of something and it wasn't right around yeah. my house. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I wouldn't be able to walk past it. So. We're writers, mate. We're writers and editors, you know. Yeah. Got, it's got to be grammatical. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Grammatical perfection. Well, at least we know what to get you. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, that's cool. So how, like, physically, how have you started to kind of feel your ovaries yet? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty bloated. Yeah. And also the breathing exercises I'm doing, I'm trying to really focus my attention there and trying to visualize what's happening there. So I'm paying them much more attention than I usually would. Um, So yeah, I'm much more conscious of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I, and they do, and I do feel quite bloated and I'm trying not to, um, I don't know, bend and twist so much. (laughs) Have you got much bruising? Not too bad, actually, like a little bit, but I normally bruise like, I mean, I I basically like, I'm quite um, clumsy as well. So I normally like brush past a table and then have a massive bruise for four weeks. And surprisingly, it's not, it's not too heinous. Um, Oh, that's good. Because I just had these like purple marks all over me. Yeah. And are you, are you doing all your injections? Is Mr. Sophie... Mr. Gabby's welcome to do some, but I don't know how you do it from a COVID safe social distance. No, um, true. no, Mr. Sophie is doing them all and he's been really keen to do it actually. Cause I think he, you know, because we're in a partnership doing this, he wants to play a part in it. And I, and I totally respect that. You know, I was quite keen to, you know, I'm quite independent. And I was like, I really want to do some of this myself just to prove to myself I can do it. But yeah. um Actually, that's not really important at all. No, and I was the same. I was exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's great at it and he's on he's on the case. And, you know, it's I don't know, it's good that we can do it together as we're two people yeah. doing it. But I think, you know, it's great. It's, it's a lot of, uh, you know, it's pressure for him as well. I think, I think because I'm, you know, I've told my team at work about it. I'm telling people quite freely now, actually, that I'm doing it. That's great. Um, yeah, which is quite freeing in a way. Um, and also I'm trying to, you know, it shouldn't be a stigmatised thing. It should be something we can talk about. Um, not to say everyone's in a situation where they yeah. can just yeah. say, oh, I'm doing IVF, so forgive me if I'm a bit tired or yeah. out of it. Um, but I'm lucky that, I, you know, I've got quite a supportive team. So I'm, because I've told, you know, at work, I'm, I've kind of given myself permission to take all the time off and rest I need. Mm-hmm. I've worked there five years. I've put in the hard graph. Yeah, and you know and because I'm doing breathing exercises every day and because I've got my little tick list I work through I'm feeling quite chill whereas I think he's still having to work at full pace um you know it's probably in a way it's probably more stressful for him at this point yeah it's I think it's just I I think when you're going through it you're just going through it whereas Mm. when you kind of look back you're like oh that was actually incredibly tense and horrible time Mm. but also Mm. like a time that I mean certainly for John and I like we were kind of unusually close probably yeah yeah and particularly because we can't really get out and about that much Mm. you know we're um (laughs) we're watching a lot of grand designs had a little cry at grand designs at the weekend no which one was it (laughs) It was this uh, one. I oh, God knows if you'll be able to pick it out from this because it's was quite it the a, one where they were quite familiar, a really nice familiar house. narrative. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, they built a really nice house. They renovated. Um, Did she get pregnant this... halfway through? No, no, no. no. Okay. I think they. Happens. I think they were. I think they were childless. Actually, they were a couple, okay. um, straight couple, um, and I. Th- think they were childless but I didn't really clock that when I was watching it but then when I got to the end and I realized that they had you know they had um moved to Cornwall uh anew and they were saying oh you know we won't be locals for 30 years but then because they'd restored this completely run down mill that was just you know it was a wreck um they felt really strongly about the building they felt really connected to the building and then they were talking about you know 
kind of giving the history of the building back to the local community and giving they referred to the building as a, as her, which I found really <sighs> endearing. I got really into in my high emotional state. And they were saying, you know, we've given her another 150 years at least, hopefully. And um, and lots of people in the community seem really happy that she's back. Um, and then I got really emotional thinking that they'd done this amazing thing to like give something with such an amazing history back to the future and the community. Mm. And then I, and then afterwards I, I actually wrote about it because I was like, why am I finding this so emotional? I was like, oh, actually in my mind, I mean, they, they might well have a family, I don't know, but in my mind I was like, oh, maybe it's, you know, because I see this as something that I would love to do if, you know, we don't end up having children. What a wonderful way to connect yourself to the future. Oh. Um, but then I watched a few more episodes and I was like, fucking hell, Grand Designs is hard work. I don't think I've got the minerals for it. I'll, I'll, I'll plant a time capsule somewhere. <laughs> I, I've got to say, like, I mean, slightly off topic, but we bought this house that we're supposed to be renovating. I just keep watching Grand Designs and being like, ooh, does that mean, like... Maybe I need to spend £37,000 on windows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm, like, looking at my income and then looking. Um, you know when yeah. they're, like, um, talking to Kevin at the end and he's like, and did you go over budget? And they're like, yes. And they're like, he's like, how much did you go over budget by? And they're like, £250,000. <laughs> And you're like, yeah. where did you get an extra two hundred and fifty thousand pounds? Like, where exactly. did you find it? Did you find it down the yeah. back of the sofa? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love how Kevin is such a shit stirrer as well because he always knows they're going to go over budget. He's like, look, yeah. I've been doing this show for twenty years. There's no way. <laughs> No one has ever stuck to their budget ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're like, we think we could do the whole thing for um, ninety-seven thousand. He's like, but look at it; it's a complete wreck. I mean, <laughs> don't you ever think you've you've wasted a lot of money on really an old wreck on a bad plot? And that's a very ambitious amount to completely rebuild it. <laughs> and you haven't employed an architect. <laughs> yeah, does nothing to de-stress the situation. My absolute favourites are the ones where you've got like an older couple and they've um, hired like an obviously an architect and they've built a really gorgeous like gleaming glass and steel building that's, you know, it's on a single story so it's kind of future-proofed for them but it's really yeah. modernist and it's really like gorgeous. And then they just put in a whole load of like ancient mahogany furniture. <laughs> just looks so out of place and it always makes me laugh when Kevin's walking around being like oh <laughs> hmm. and, and you always know it's you always know that it's a bit of a doozy when he's like this isn't to my taste and yeah. it's not the aesthetic I would have chosen but it works for them and that's really what matters like Kevin I'm so glad that you don't work in the field of fertility <laughs> could you imagine him hey that was that was top presenting just then bringing it back to the subject <laughs> yeah. well done you seem to have bitten off quite a lot here with these double injections are you sure you're going to be able to handle it all given the other pressures you're under <laughs> go left not to my taste <laughs> it's not to my taste <laughs> protein powder for breakfast day oh some people would say that's revolting <laughs> <laughs> but it works for them and that's what matters yeah. hey so wait, when's your next scan uh, next scan on Friday. So I had okay. one this morning. Oh, did you? And how, what did that? You've left that, buried the lead there a bit, mate. <laughs> left that until the end. Um, yeah. So this morning, um, well, just scan. I mean, it scans every other day, isn't it? Um, mm. uh, but things are looking pretty good. Doctor yeah. seemed happy. Lots of dots on the chart. Great. None have yet crossed the line, which Great. means that they're ready. But um, yeah. yeah, lots of dots on the chart. I don't really know what a good number is. No, and, and, and numbers don't be matter. Honest, so that's exactly. Not I was going to say, let's not even talk about yeah. them because it's different for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but all I care about was both the nurse and the doctor were reassuring. So I left feeling Great. fine. Um, Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So next time we speak to you, I think you'll probably have had your egg collection, won't you? Yes, that's the plan. Should be having it in under a week. That is some exciting shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. how are you feeling about that? How are you feeling about like going in and going under heavy sedation? Yeah, feeling feeling all right about that. Um, you know, I've been under general anaesthetic before, so yeah. 
um it basically I, I, I is that issues. yeah I, and you recommend it very highly don't you you love you love the drugs that you yeah. get in this process I think I've like <laughs> <laughs> I've talked about it so many times now but yeah it's really great yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so well we'll see we'll see throw mm-hmm. throw a few more pharmaceuticals into the mix why not let's see what happens yeah, mate. um so yeah so that is all cool um and I've also decided to, so that will fall on Monday or Tuesday but I've decided to take a long I had originally booked in a long weekend to go away for this holiday I'm not going to take um mm-hmm. cancelled it and then I was like do you know what actually I do need just a bit of a break and I want to go and feeling chill so we booked it so hopefully it will be in quite relaxed state for it and then awesome. you know probably spend the, the next five days completely freaking out well, yeah of course as yep. we all do waiting yeah. for the phone calls yeah. <laughs> right, mate. You have a great couple of weeks and we'll speak to you from the other side, I guess. Thanks. Thanks. Good luck, pal. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Sophie, hello. Hello, thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for coming. Thanks for coming indeed. I feel like this one is long overdue. This comes Mm. under the category of we should have done this sooner. Yeah. Well, you know, busy lives and things like that. But we're finally here. We are finally here. Um, So obviously you've got a real story, but we also, we're here to talk about other stuff, right? So can you tell us about your journey, but quite briefly? (laughs) Well, that is a challenge. Um, <laughs> That's your first challenge. <laughs> yeah, go on, hit us. Uh, okay, so rapid fire story of the last four years. Oh, I can do it in about one sentence, which is tried to have a baby, couldn't do it, then had two babies very prematurely and they died, then did five more rounds of IVF and now having another baby. Oh, wow, that's really, that was really quick, eh? <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> that was a real nutshell. Um, B, I <laughs> skipped over a lot of detail. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to bring you back um, into parts of that. Just <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, do you want to tell us about um, when, when you obviously, you were struggling to conceive, was it, how quickly did you conceive the twins? Um, so we were trying for a year before we had IVF. So actually, we started IVF quite quickly. And then, like, obviously, you conceived the twins, um, and then you lost them. Like, wh- can you just talk us through, like, what happened? Your kind of emotional state, like everything. Yeah. So obviously, it was very quick. So I essentially just went in I just went into labor overnight so I didn't really have like any warning signs really that that was going to happen it was you know completely out of the blue and 
Mm. And obviously it was just completely devastating. I think I had been very nervous the whole pregnancy anyway, just because of having IVF and things like that. And yeah, and so I never, you know, a lot of people do get to 12 weeks and feel a sense of kind of relief. And I never felt that. Um, so I was already quite anxious at the time. So yeah, it was obviously just the most devastating thing and and like a huge defining point in my life I think you can't live through something like that and not be changed by it it was so hard and even now I sometimes think god did that actually happen so your little boys are called Cecil and Wilfred um and you went into labor at 23 weeks am I right yeah 21 weeks 21 weeks um gosh so what what kind of happened after they were born can you talk us through that a bit like do you mean the immediate aftermath or yeah like what what I mean firstly what's going on in your head like you're giving birth to two little boys what's happening in your head and then what happens afterwards so I obviously knew that the gestation was too early that they would not be able to be resuscitated Um, because you're a midwife yeah and so I knew that they were just going to die that and that was awful just knowing that Mm. as soon as they were born that would be the end that they would die Um, Mm and so they did live for 90 minutes which was I I was I was actually quite shocked by that and I wasn't expecting them to live for so long or I wasn't even sure if they would live Mm. through the labor um but the labor was very quick and okay then um yeah we just spent some time with them and obviously you know it's just the same as a normal labor you still have to give birth to the placenta and things like that and yeah yeah and I would say in the immediate aftermath I was very numb very very numb you yeah you Mm -hmm. there's so many emotions you your brain kind of switches off Hmm. yeah I was gonna say what's you know it's such a horrible devastating loss how did you you obviously kept going how did you pick yourself up eventually it's a really funny question because you don't really have any other choice you know like the world keeps Mm. turning you keep living and even though it feels like you might never find a way out of it actually every day that passes is a day that's passed and yeah I I mean yeah I don't really have an answer it just I, the world kept turning and I had to keep going with it you I mean you talk about it a lot on social media which is amazing for, you know from our point of view to to just see somebody who's being so open about them you talk you talk about their names a lot which I think is really you know I've heard is really important in the grieving process has that helped you through has that made you kind of feel stronger I think like writing or talking about things for me is a really good way of helping to process them and um, and yeah like talking about their names is really important because they don't have very much else and um, and they were like just tiny tiny people um and I think mm-hmm. when we talk about baby loss a lot of people think about and I hate that term but like oh a pregnancy loss but that it wasn't just a pregnancy it was two human beings who mm-hmm. you know we were really excited for and you know loved very much and and actually, it wasn't just us who was excited for them. You know, it was all of our families as well, knowing that we, you know, had such a struggle to get there in the first place. So then losing them was, yeah, really hard, not just for us, but for everyone. God, absolutely. Is there anything that you could pinpoint that you did at the time that you're kind of glad you did in retrospect in terms of, I guess, um, memorialising them or anything that you did or anything that you maybe didn't do that you wish you had? I'm really glad that we took loads of photos um, and actually we had a photographer from a charity called Remember My Baby um, and they are mm. a charity which uh, comes and takes photos of babies that have died and I'm really glad we had all of those photos um, because they are just really precious and the midwives did things mm. like hand uh, like hand and footprints and um, so having all of those things is really really special. Um, I don't think... Yeah anything that I wouldn't have done I think um but yeah just having the opportunity to make all those little memories was really special it's interesting that you talk about the photos because obviously the Chrissy Teigen um thing happens she 
I think she, well, we don't know what gestation she was, but she lost her baby under fairly similar circumstances, posted a load of photos that had been taken during her labour and got quite a backlash. Did that make you feel a bit ick? Yeah, I mean, you know, she did an incredible thing by sharing that. And obviously it's very sad that that happened to her. Um, But Mm -hmm. someone with such a high profile sharing something so devastating, I think is incredible because it's really supportive for me and other women who've had to live through that. And yeah, I think it's horrible that people were so offended by those photos. I mean, she didn't even share a photo of the baby. And I do understand that you know, it can be distressing to see photos of babies that have died, obviously, because the entire thing is distressing. Not just the photos, you know, like living through that, but those photos, even though, so I didn't, I don't have any photos of the labour, but I've got photos of us afterwards and things like that. And yeah, I find it difficult Mm. to look at them sometimes, or some of the photos where you can see that James and I are upset are hard to look at. But at the same time, they are still really precious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, you know, they might help other people to feel less alone. And that's a lot about what we're all doing here. Um, and and so, yeah, I think by by sharing those, they are difficult to see, but, but they're probably helping quite a few people. Yeah. And also, like, that's I have got photos that I wouldn't share or that are quite personal to James and I. And I think, I think what feedback I have had is that women have so I've had a lot of women say to me that they were frightened to see their baby because they weren't sure what it was going to look like but having seen my Mm -hmm. photos they felt less frightened and things like that which is really yeah moving yeah it's interesting I think we spoke to um Julia Bueno who yeah I just sing the praises of every like five minutes on this podcast Mm -hmm. but she I think she lost her baby under very similar circumstances as well. And I think she was asked whether she wanted to see her baby and they said she said no. This is like a long time ago. Yeah, I think I've read that and, in um, the book. Has, yeah, and has said she regrets it. Hmm. Yeah, and I Which think is, it is yeah. a really personal decision, isn't it? And I do understand that you make a decision at the time and then there's no going back, you know, once... once hmm. You know, once that's happened, you know, once you've left the hospital and things like that, you know, there aren't lots of opportunities to go back and see your baby and things like that. Um, But I I don't think anyone should feel kind of ashamed if they weren't able to see that, you know, if they didn't feel strong enough to see their baby. I don't Mm. think you should feel bad for that. Um, But I think, yeah, that's why I I do feel it's really important to share photos of Cecil and Wilfred, even though it is distressing. Mm. But actually... They're, they're, you know, they're just miniature people. That that was literally it. They're just a they baby, are. but in miniature. So w- one of the reasons that we wanted to um, chat to you is because um, because of what you do, what your profession is. But I think before we get to that, can we maybe hear um, what's happened more recently? I am having another baby. <laughs> that is yes. that is the most recent development <laughs> in the four year saga of Sophie tries to have a baby. It's going to be a great book. um so did you so you embarked on IVF again yeah so I was really desperate to start IVF straight away after I had the twins um and I think it's a fairly normal reaction for people to want to have another baby straight away um just because Mm -hmm. you want something else to focus on but yeah it was not the case that basically we had to wait ages to do IVF I ended up having like quite a few operations and Oh, it was just tedious and frustrating. Um, so I ended up doing five more rounds of IVF uh, before I got pregnant again. And it actually took nearly two years, another nearly another two years to get pregnant again, mm. um, which was long. Just... Did you do embryo banking? Yeah, I did. So I did four. Have I made that up? No, no, yeah, I did that. So I did one round kind of in the November I had them in the April and then I did a round in November and that was a complete disaster we didn't get anything uh, to transfer uh, nothing even fertilized Mm. and so then we kind of had to start again from scratch and we changed clinics and and did loads of like tests and things like that and then we decided to do embryo banking then obviously Covid hit so we had to delay that by a few months 
Um, and then, yeah, I did four rounds back to back of embryo banking. So embryo banking is where you get as many embryos as you can. So you just do loads of egg collections. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, and then then start thinking about transfers like later after that. Yeah, so I did I did four egg collections. Um, so I did at the end of that, I did do one fresh transfer that failed. Um, and then I did a frozen transfer next time which is the one that worked and the um the operations that you had in between were they to do with the loss or were they separate was it kind of something that had been flagged yeah so I ended up having retained placenta after I gave birth to the twins and so I passed Mm. the placenta as usual and but a few weeks after the birth I think it was five weeks later I was still bleeding quite heavily um and I laugh at this now, but it is quite ridiculous that I'm a midwife and I didn't even think that something was wrong. But I think I was just so kind of in this grief bubble. Anyway, it was like a, it was like a switch flicked and all of a sudden I realised that the bleeding was far too heavy. Um, and I actually thought I was going to bleed to death, which sounds so dramatic when I say it out loud. But I said to James, I, I can't go to bed tonight because if I go to bed, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll just hemorrhage um so anyway oh we, we I didn't obviously we just went to A&E <laughs> um so I had to have an it's operation so frightening there that you had to think that you know it was all of a sudden like my brain kicked into gear and I was thinking like a midwife again mm. of like this is not normal and something mm. bad is going to happen because that that can you know that could have happened thankfully it didn't yeah good job good job the brain came back yeah thank god for that um so I had to have an operation to remove that bit of placenta which didn't work um I actually ended up having this piece of placenta for 11 weeks which I feel like is a record I've never spoken to anyone else who's had a piece of placenta that long um so that was one operation and then I had a secondary operation to have because I've got a suture in my cervix um Mm -hmm which I had put in before we did the IVF again. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it's. I think we should probably just mention that. So what you, the, the reason you went into labour so early was because of what used to be called an incompetent cervix. And you can probably t- now tell me what the real term is. I know that is still what we call it, unfortunately. Um, we still call still, it. Oh, yeah, okay, great. yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, a lot of people find it quite offensive. I feel personally that my cervix was extremely incompetent and I'm pretty mad at it. Um, I've had words with it. Yeah, we've had words. We're not friends. Um, So for me personally, I don't... You've given it its final warning. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we are not on good terms. But... (laughs) I know, I know, I understand how that phrase can be really offensive, but for me, I just feel like, yeah, well, that nailed it, really, because it, it didn't do the job it was supposed to yeah. do. No. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, a, a lot of listeners actually write in saying, I'm a teacher, or I work with kids, or I'm a midwife. We've had a few midwives write in and say, you know, I now can't have a baby, and I'm really struggling, because every day I'm working with babies, I'm working with children, and I'm really finding it hard how has it been for you doing that job as a midwife I've had ups and downs obviously um but mostly I do really love my job um and like all jobs you've got days where you don't like it and days that you do really like it and so Mm -hmm. obviously when you're already having a down day having infertility on top of that was not particularly enjoyable um but on the whole Mm. I just really didn't want, I didn't want infertility to take something else away from me because I felt like it had taken so much already. So if it kind of ruined my job for me as well, then in a way I felt like infertility was winning. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point. I got, when I was really struggling, I got really obsessed with people because I lived in Notting Hill. I got really obsessed with the incredibly posh people that I would see walking down the street, ignoring their kids while they were on their mobile phones. And like, why did they get to be parents and I didn't? Because I would never be on my mobile phone with a kid. Never, ever, ever. Um, did you, do you ever get anything like that? Like a kind of obsession with people who you feel kind of super envious of? 
Um, I mean, not in a work setting really, just because I found it quite easy to switch off when I was at work. But I guess on the whole, I always find it frustrating when people have been married not as long as I have and have had a baby. I don't know why, but that would be a thing that I always found difficult. Did you ever kind of, have you managed to stop birth being triggering for you? Because I imagine that I think, I don't know, for most people, it, it maybe would become a huge trigger. But obviously, you deal with it every day in work. Ha- like, ha- have you managed to kind of make that okay? And if so, how did you do it? So there's, being a midwife, you can work in loads of different settings. And actually, my least favourite setting was the postnatal ward. Um, so that was always kind of the thing I found the hardest mm-hmm. rather than birth. Like, I find birth yeah. exciting yeah. and dynamic and you know fascinating whereas the postnatal world mm. I I don't love working there so that I when that I found a particularly stressful point in my fertility journey that was when we were in the lead up to like our first round of IVF and I felt really right. helpless in terms of my fertility journey mm. and then I also wasn't loving the area I was working as well so it felt like a, a yeah really awful combination whereas when I was working somewhere that I really enjoyed so like I love being a community midwife I liked working on the birth center actually I felt mm. found it was easier to cope with the fertility related things because I was happier in my job in the first place yeah did you ever take courage from the fact that you know you must have had mums come in and say this is an IVF baby oh all the time it's like the demographic where I work um I work in London and there's a in, in particular, the area that I'm working is very affluent and a lot of older mothers and a lot of IVF. So I would, I just love speaking to people about IVF, but I do, yeah, I would always mm-hmm. kind of be quizzing people, I guess, or like, you know, taking a real interest in their story if they had had an IVF baby. I was always disappointed by how um, normal I was when I announced <laughs> very proudly that it was IVF the whole time everyone's like yeah yeah okay get over yourself yeah we know we know everyone everyone else (laughs) like treat me I am special yeah I think Um, uh, people are I mean the amount of women that I would see on a daily basis who've had IVF is uh, is unbelievable really yeah I bet I bet um so I mean is there anything that you can say like to other people who are maybe in the kind of jobs where they're struggling because of because of what they do and because what that bumps them up with every day is there any kind of advice that you'd give them to like cope obviously your situation is quite unique everyone's situation is but but is there anything you could say so for me it was finding the bits of the job that I really loved and I am fortunate when you're a midwife you can work in lots of different settings so you know, I don't work on the postnatal ward anymore because I don't enjoy it. Um, whereas <laughs> if you're a teacher, you don't really have that option to work somewhere else, do you? So I would, for me, it was, yeah, just trying mm. to trying to find the joy. Um, or also, I guess, again, fairly specific to being a midwife, but I would also use it as like a, a, a way of being a better midwife. So understanding people who've had fertility journeys um, and then also, yeah, as I found like my own little fact finding mission. So I would ask people which clinics they went to or like where, okay. you know, did they have any good recommendations and stuff like that? A, because they like talking about it, but also I found it was super interesting. Have you ever considered kind of retraining and going into the infertility side? Yes, but I think I love kind of being a midwife too much and then I did say um after my last round of IVF that I never want to step foot in a fertility clinic again (laughs) not because it was anything to do with that round but just because I was so sick of being infertile I mean we all spend a lot of time in those waiting rooms right (laughs) do we want to see them anymore um places on earth uh, Sophie, you mentioned something to us earlier. I don't know if you, you might not want to talk about this, but um, I think it's possibly worth saying, just so people are aware of what they say to people. Um, you were saying that there's been some insensitive comments since you've um, had your successful pregnancy this time around. Yeah, so, you know, a bit like just relax, which we all hate when we're trying to get pregnant. Um, yeah, I would think when since I've been pregnant, there's been some kind of well-meaning comments but 
they kind of have struck a nerve. So we were talking earlier about a lot of people have said to me, oh, just the one baby this time. And that's been hugely hurtful. Although it was not ever meant Mm. maliciously, it has been very upsetting or, um, you know, people people mean very well or you know they say well you know different pregnancy this time so everything will be fine and actually that's been quite difficult because how does anyone know that I guess it's one of those things isn't it and like you know kind of almost kind of making you feel responsible for having had to try try to carry twins when it wasn't even that you'd transferred double embryos in the first place right yeah, so it just made me feel like oh, I messed up with Cecil and Wilfred and then because obviously I'd gone into early labour, but then also I felt like inadequate this time round because I was and I'm I'm doing air quotes here, but only having one baby this time and you know <sighs> there's nothing only about having one baby. That's that is very normal mm. to own, to have one baby. Whereas now yeah. it made me feel like, oh God, like I've not done enough. I'm I'm only having one. Why aren't I having two? Yeah, I should be having octuplets. Yeah, yeah, which is ridiculous, really, because one at a time is perfectly fine. <laughs> oh, it's you know, <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? I mean, so much. We we all talk so much about what people should should and shouldn't say, and I think um, I just think yeah, hearing that from you hopefully is is maybe useful to some people. And one thing that I did find quite interesting was that you did a post recently about how the way people have spoken to you during your pregnancy has made you really reflect about how you speak to people in your professional life. Yeah, and that's definitely something that infertility and, and loss has really made me think about. Um, and also just reflect on all the completely stupid things that I have said to people because, you know, and someone t- said this quote to me the other day, which I love, and it's, when you know better, you do better. And I thought mm-hmm. that was so brilliant because I, you know, when, I, when I'm working as midwife, I always try and be the best midwife I can be and treat people kindly and, and want to say the right thing. And then it's only when I've lived through infertility, I've thought about, oh, God, I've said loads of stupid things. And that poor person's probably wanted to punch me in the face or, you know, like, you know along the lines of just relax I've probably said all of those things to other people um Mm. because I didn't know any better yeah of course and I think we all do it and I I still do it like every now and then I will be speaking to somebody that I know has struggled and I will say something so stupid that I will hate myself afterwards I think it's just human it's a human thing Mm. yeah I think we're all you know I've often thought been stopped myself from asking silly questions so um I know one thing that women do find annoying who've had infertility is after they've given birth as a community midwife we do need to speak to everyone about contraception Um, and I know that that's quite a tricky (laughs) one because obviously if you've gone through fertility treatment in your head you're expecting to do that again or thinking that perhaps you might not have any children or you know there's a whole spectrum of things that people Mm. think and then actually we have a responsibility to discuss contraception with people because people can get pregnant even if they've had IVF before but I do know that that can be quite challenging and I would feel the same you know if a community midwife came around my house and was like oh so you need to think about contraception I'd be thinking do you know what? If I got pregnant straight away, that would be bloody fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Chance to be a fine thing. Yeah. yeah. There's ways of approaching it, right? So, you, you know, if you know that a baby... And, like, I remember the community midwives came around to me and I pretty much said straight away, like... Because I knew what was going to happen because I've spoken to other people in our community. And um, so I said, I said straight away, you know, this is an IVF baby. Like, this is a longed-for baby. And they started talking about contraception. And I said, look, I, I don't have any fallopian tubes, so we probably don't need to worry about that. And the community midwife went, you never know. And I was like, <laughs> no, I no, I do. <laughs> I do. This is a tried and tested form of contraception. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky one. But I suppose if you've got to say it, you've got to say it. Yeah. Well, I mean. Fair enough. It was just the you never know. Like before that, it was fine. But the you never know really got me. And then my, I think my aunt came around about half an hour later and said the exact same thing. But and then like, no, now you're going to have, in your head, if you, you're you having sex and you're like the, the midwife's voice ringing in your ear going, hey, but Emma, 
Hey, you never you know. Never know. And you're like, <laughs> I do, I do know. Yeah, you you never know. You never know. Hey, I have googled in the last year at least once. No chances I, of yeah. conceiving naturally, one percent. Hey, hey, that's one percent. Yeah. Stranger things have happened, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Sophie, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and and chatting about about what it's like working as a midwife when you're infertile. It's um, yeah, it's it's must be very difficult at times. And um, hopefully, if anyone's listening, it's in a similar position. This will make you feel better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like, good luck with your pregnancy, mate. Yeah. Thank you very much. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, we held our breath for a very long time just hey then. Guys. <laughs> just, just trying to think of ways to sign off the podcast. This isn't just the same thing every week. Um, that's the end of the podcast. It is the end of the podcast. This is the fact of the moment. Yeah. And um, we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. We've certainly enjoyed recording this. And um, we shall, as always, see you next week. We will when we will be speaking to speaking to. We will be spoken. We spoken to someone already gone. We will be spoken to Krina Devon, who yes. is going to talk to us or has talked to us actually about cancer and infertility and then surrogacy. Yeah, it's a real twisty turny one. Mm, it's a real twisty turny long one as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a bumper edition. Yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy it though. It's pretty yeah. excellent. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Until next week. See you. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.